Assalamu alaikum, everybody. This is your host, Nadira Razak of the Your Truth is Calling podcast. Welcome. And it is the first solo episode of 2024. I have noticed that my whole routine has changed around when I record podcasts, especially because it's summer here and having the three boys at home (laughs) with them running around. And then I have this urge to go, okay, I've got to go record. Um, It just happens at times when they're on the computer or they're making a lot of noise and I just have to deal with it. It's uh, that chaos of motherhood and try to do things during school holidays and still keep somewhat of a work routine, even though it's light and it's fun. Today, I wanted to really go deep into the topic of being in touch with um, your emotions and what is going on on the inside that causes this feeling of restlessness or disenchantment Um, with life where you know something isn't right and I'm going to unpack the reasons for it, how it might be showing up for your life and hopefully through showing you the symptoms of how it shows up, you're able to recognize that in yourself and hopefully by the end of this episode, you will have some practical strategies um, that you can implement in order to move through that very sticky transitional journey that most of us go through at some point in our life um, when we're um, dealing with transition. So how I want to explore this topic is around the fact that um, I have been in a transition period um, in my life when, you know, I was at the peak of my career as a business coach. It's something that I wanted to do. I wanted to be a life coach at 22. It wasn't you know, like a life plan. I just found myself at a seminar, a two and a half day seminar, and they offered this opportunity to become a coach at the end of that training. And I just felt drawn to doing it. So I went up to Sydney, trained to become a coach. I had my own personal life coach for a year so that I knew what it was like to be coached uh, by a life coach and to have sessions as a client. Um, But then I wasn't very attached to that coaching school. Neither was I attached to the teacher. For me, a lot of my learning and insights and transformation has come when I have aligned with the right teacher or the right coach for me. And sometimes, you know, you end up getting guidance to do a particular course, but that doesn't mean that you fully resonate with the teacher. Sometimes you're there just to observe and be an observer and learn from the experience, maybe learn from your peers and to come away knowing the truth of it is I disagree with how the teacher is running this. I have a completely different um, way that I would do it if I were running it. And it just gives you a lot of learning experience and experience in the bones of how to be human, how to navigate this thing, and perhaps how you would do it differently if you were going about doing that thing, right? So it doesn't mean that when you're following your gut or when you're following guidance that the thing that you said yes to is necessarily going to feel easy or that it's necessarily going to guarantee you a successful outcome. A lot of the things that I have done, sometimes I really grate with the person who's running it. Either my personality really clashes with theirs or I find them very dominating and dogmatic in their approach 
which causes me to sometimes go into shutdown, sometimes even go into shame or low self-esteem because of the way a teacher might have said something to me in that class. But it has also been the impetus and uh, an initiation within me to get upset, (laughs) to get angry. And out of that anger or out of that upset um, comes the seed of something that I want to teach in the future because I say to myself, I don't want someone else to go through this. This isn't right. It isn't true. It isn't just. And so I just wanted to offer you that, that possibly in times of transition, you do reach for something outside of yourself. Maybe you end up, you know, adding to cart all sorts of courses and classes because you want to get out of that restless feeling and it feels like someone else has got the answer. So yes, let me just click and buy and that'll soothe me temporarily, I would say in air quotes, right? Um, So you might find yourself in that state. And the thing is, the more we consume information, whether it's on YouTube and you're not paying for anything, um, even like take this podcast, for example, like anything that you're just consuming, there comes a point where rubber needs to meet the road. There has got to be some form of personal initiation and personal action that has to come as a result of you listening, right? And if that is not happening with the information, I really urge you to think again about like, why are you consuming that piece of information? Is it because um, you're running away from intimacy because you don't want to be intimate with the people in your life? So you go and behind closed doors or you'll find just ways to numb out in front of the couch or with your phone or with your iPad uh, or whatever it is. And then you're not actually dealing with the 3D. You're not dealing with either your messy counters or the clutter in your cupboard or in the shed or wherever clutter tends to accumulate in your personal sphere. Um, But it tends to be a way where we escape, right? We escape reality when we're feeling uncomfortable, when we're feeling like life is calling us to grow and do something. But in the same way that it calls to us, it also makes us deeply uncomfortable because the change is uncertain. We don't know what's going to come out the other end. Um, Some of us, we're not moving enough. So Um, it it tends to be this exercise and just this mentalism. It's like we just stew on the same thoughts in this loop over and over and over again. And there doesn't seem to be a breakthrough, right? And with all of that comes this feeling of restlessness and angst and um, this feeling like you just want to burst out of your skin. I don't know if if I could have a show of hands or if you could tell me on my DMs, have you ever felt like that? Because I know I have. And when I have been feeling like that in life, I know that life is calling me to something. It's calling me to change something, whether it's a change of direction in the business, um, whether it's um, making me look closely at like, is this really what's important to you? Do you still want to keep going On this trajectory, does something have to shift? It's like calling us to look. And if we don't take the time to look, or we don't stay in cahoots with people who are really good at listening and who know what questions to ask of us, or even to witness us in that transition point to get us to reflect and go, hang on a second, what am I being called to do or create or pivot into in this moment? We can just feel like in this blah phase or blah zone for a couple of months, a whole season, a year, a couple of years, 
And it just feels like life is gray, right? And I just want to let you know that if that is you, don't fret, don't stress. It's just normal if you're going through transition because transition is hard. It's hard to move away from the status quo and look at the potential for changing something in your life, right? And you need people around you who are similar to you. You need people around you who um, have a little bit more power than you, who will probably call you into your own power. And you also need people who agitate you, (laughs) who cause contrast and conflict inside yourself. So you get to know what your values are, right? It's like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts all of these different kinds of relationships in our life to cause us to grow in a way that is actually good for us. So the way that I mainly offer help at this point in transition is through a one-month intensive and I am going to take the floor to actually explain a little bit about how that process works in case anyone is interested, because it is January 2024. Um, It is the start of a new moon Islamically in the calendar. We're coming up to Ramadan soon as well um, in just a few short months. And I don't know if you're feeling this sort of um, stirring in your soul, a restlessness of spirit. Um, But if that is you, just know that you have this creative well inside of you and that it is capable of creating something. Now, usually you're in the act of consuming um, data, information, and it does give you that dopamine hit, but it is addictive. And these algorithms know how to hook you in to sort of keep you in this parallel reality of just consuming reel after reel or clip after clip. And then you look at your own 3D world of stuff accumulating on counters or things not put away in cupboards or whatever that is. And then you're like, why am I not living in my actual life? Why am I not cultivating relationships? Because that takes time. That takes a little bit of sacrifice. That might take tidying up your space before you're (laughs) happy to have someone come over. And yet those, those human encounters where you're actually in another person's energy and you get to feel each other, you know, you get to have this exchange of pheromones and be in each other's auras. You get to sniff people out, figure out whether you trust them, whether you don't trust them, uh, whether they're an ally or um, whether they're a helper or a guide in your life. How can you know these things if you're not actually moving and grooving with like other humans, right? Um, So I think it's a really special time in 2024 to seek out ways that you can get out of the house and come into contact with other other women if you're a woman you know and you and you want to commune in other communal spaces with people who are like you but i also like spending time with people who actually don't have the same background as me who don't have the same world view as me because sometimes what i find is when i'm with those people i actually become a better muslim i grow in my faith even more because i get to see opposing viewpoints and i like exposing myself to opposing viewpoints and ways of looking at the world because it gives me even more conviction as to why i've chosen the path that i've chosen uh spiritually and in terms of my 
values. I know why the Prophet said certain things about, you know, the way to be, the, the way to be with other people, how to be in your family, how to be with other people, your social etiquette, all of that. I appreciate it even more when I'm with people who don't have that same upbringing or same view or knowledge. And um, I learn way more about myself sometimes and just being an observer or a fly on the wall in those spaces. So I tend to, not that I willfully go seek them out. I feel like life brings them to me. And then I have to make a decision to invest time, money, and my resources in those spaces just to be a fly on the wall or just a learner in those spaces, because then it informs me. It gives me different flavors of talking about my own work um, and all of that. Oh, see, I went on a tangent and a segue now. I forgot to tell you about my one month intensive. (laughs) So this developed, how did it develop actually? Oh yeah. I was in transition in my own life. I always find that when I'm in transition, I go and pick a coach or a container of coaching support to be in so that I get the support to go through a transition. And usually sometimes that person will reach out to me or sometimes it just comes to me and I click um, buy and I talk to the person to see if I'm a fit and I get in that person's world. Because what happens is you're so close to your own strength, you swim in it that you can't even see what's special about you um, when you're just with yourself or or you have friends who've known you your entire life um, and maybe you just talk about generic mundane things and you're not actually strategizing um, about your future direction or there to actually seek help and guidance and you're not actually asking for counsel, right? So I end up putting myself in these containers where a coach could actually reflect back to me some of my strengths that I take for granted. I distinctly remember a coach saying, Nadara, you talk like a writer. You tell stories like a writer. And then at the very same time, my real estate agent came through my space and maybe a couple of weeks before that conversation, she's like, are you a writer? (laughs) And then I had an aunt um, recently share on my Facebook when I'd shared a little vignette of a story. She's like, Nadra, you need to write a book about this. So see how like sometimes things come in threes and people reflect things back to you. It kind of gives you these breadcrumbs for what you might want to focus on in the next season or this year. And then you ask yourself, like, is this the season just to maybe put some time and effort into that project. And if it's not, that's fine, but you can do things in small doses. And what I find that when I come into a person's life, I'm able to like really size them up and reflect back to them who they are in a way that is quick and um, in a way that they just feel deeply seen and heard and listened to. And literally my coach said to me, Nadara, you just make money by listening to people. (laughs) Like that is my realm. People come into my realm to be listened to, to be deeply listened to in a way they haven't been listened to before. And that listening is what initiates a person. Because I always come into someone's life as a catalyst. Like they come in and they get the insights. They, They feel deeply seen and heard and listened to. And then from that listening comes these insights about their direction in life. I'm listening for their purpose. I'm listening for their right role in life, uh, where they're meant to be, where their soul is feeling really restless, uh, priorities that they're not saying with words, but I am listening to priorities under the surface that they're not even saying, but I can put pieces together from the whole entire story. These are your priorities. You know, instead of focusing on this, which your ego thinks is important, actually, it's this. I tend to do that a lot for someone. And then when they do um, focus on those things, 
um, that's when the magic happens and the miracles start to show up because they're no longer pursuing this very um, shallow dream or shallow goal that they have come up with their minds, um, but they're going in a deeply aligned way for what is actually important. If you hear Peter Pattering, that is my five-year-old not remembering that I said I'm doing a podcast (laughs) because it's hard. I I don't want to put that pressure on them that they have to be super, super quiet. I just tell them, look, mommy's unavailable um, for about an hour and just see if you can keep it down. But I can still hear a lot of noise, (laughs) background noise that might come through. But that is life for me. I am a mom of three boys. I had my three boys in water in home births, something that I'd never, I didn't even know home births was a way that you could have your babies, uh, you know, come into this life. But it was, again, a guided experience. And for one thing, I know for this year for me creatively, I feel like, oh, I might want to put some time either taking the podcast episodes I created and maybe transcribing them and seeing if I can see like a skeleton outline of a book there, you know, because I feel like I want to expand women's consciousness in the birthing space going, you're not a patient when you are, um, you know, when you find out that you're pregnant, uh, you don't have to be scared and knowledge dispels fear, right? The more understanding and knowledge you have of a subject, um, the more you know that you don't know, but also it dispels your fears. You can breathe out going, oh, at least I know the terrain. I know what I'm dealing with and I can make a conscious choice as to how I want to navigate this instead of going there completely um, unaware of the hospital system or the systems and the context around that thing and how um, there, there are opposing views. And then you get to choose what's most in alignment for you so that it is most satisfying to your soul and what feels just natural and what feels guided for you, because then you can face the consequences of that. So in my one month intensive, you know, it's, it's usually women who are in deep transition, sometimes are dealing with a relationship thing that they haven't put to rest. Uh, sometimes it's a broken engagement or uh, divorces or a death in the family. Um, and it's deeply rocked them. And maybe they've never had the chance to go and close off those loops and put those stories to rest or put those stories into perspective so that there is wisdom that's, you know, accumulated in those stories that has been a little bit blurred. It's been kind of stored in the wrong places in their consciousness. And because of that, it's causing distortion and they can't see properly. And so what I help women do is with the listening, actually help them see more clearly what the reality actually is or what the truth is. Because sometimes they misconstrue truths and and store them in their bodies in different ways based on what people have told them, based on conditioning, um, based on a societal um, way that, you know, they've been handled and maybe uh, just not being handled with care. I just find that women are so delicate um, in the most beautiful way I'm saying delicate. I like the word delicate because I feel like there's a deep tenderness to us and we need to be treated that way. And when someone goes roughshod over our lives and doesn't take the time and care um, and love and heart and and all of that, that is necessary to help someone through a transition or deal with them as a human being who has a very delicate heart that I feel like is made of glass it's really difficult to navigate because 
you get pigeonholed or you get told this is the diagnosis or whatever it is. And um, it's still not helping you move forward. You kind of get stuck in these silos and you can go for big courses where you might learn a concept uh, on a very intellectual level, but that doesn't mean that you change on a soul level. That doesn't mean that you go through a deep transformation, right? Because I feel that when you go for like a soul dream or a goal that's been kind of curated by your soul and your soul wants you to go in an experience, what you get out of it is very deep and it's deeply satisfying. For some of you, it's not satisfaction that you're going for. For some of you, it's a deep feeling of peace. Uh, for other, others of you, it's a deep feeling of like, oh, like I feel like a success finally, you know? And I have helped clients in different realms. So for some of them, they're going through um, just this feeling of um, harmony with the family. For others, it's a business goal and, and making money is the realm that they're in and they need to feel that deep sense of power. And my view is actually power. When I look at someone, I am listening for where are they giving their power away and where do they have spaces in their lives where they have to reclaim their power, right? I'm listening for those undertones. Um, and I feel that a religious grounding or some sort of a spiritual grounding of, I mean, you don't, you don't have to be Muslim, but some sort of a way that you ground and connect with the divine and are connected to the divine mysteries, right? In a deeply feminine way or however you see the divine, you need that connection because without that, everything is shallow, right? And you tend to go about things in a roughshod manner, trying to bulldoze your way through projects and goals and trying to make it happen. But really, there could be a little bit more of an effortless way, um, a more feminine way of receiving the desire or the outcome um, in a way that's, yeah, it, it really surprises and delights you. Um, and then you see that divine signature through all of the steps, even when things don't work out. You go, oh, my gosh, now I know why that didn't work out, because there was something better waiting for me. Um, for me, as a personal example, I'd like to say that, you know, this past 2023, uh, because my littlest boy started school, I had a lot more spaciousness to go out and volunteer and things like that. I could do more things outside the home than I could have done when my kids were, you know, preschoolers or toddlers. And also uh, the other life changes that, you know, like my mom was working full time. So I could never really just leave kids and, you know, run off to whatever I wanted to do. Um, whereas now, even if my husband's at work, there is that opening, like God's giving me a divine opening to go now, Nadara, you can do a little bit more of what was on your bucket lists because I'm giving you a little bit more space, you know? And I appreciate that. I don't take that for granted. I know a lot of women who don't have their moms um, in the country or some of their moms have passed away and they're not in this 3D life. They're supporting them and their daughters from another realm, right? And sometimes I think of the people who, have deeply impacted me like my late father-in-law and how amazing he was at relationships. And so I did have my little one come in and want to talk to me while I was doing this. And now I've lost my train of thought again. Um, but a feeling I was talking about spaciousness and having more space to do projects and things on my bucket list. And it's the same for you. It's like understanding what season you're in and not trying to fight the season you're in. You know, I think the biggest way through to get to the other side of feeling restless or feeling like you're going to burst out of your skin 
is to surrender to the season that you're in. That would be practical step number one in terms of a mindset or a way of seeing the world. Surrender to the season you are in. It's way harder to do. I know it's a lot easier for me to just say it. But what does surrender look like on a practical level? It could just be breathing and breathing that truth in that this season is not going to last forever. That, you know, there's probably a lot of difficulty in the 3D. Like there's a lot more mess when you have little kids, a lot more disturbance, a lot less time to yourself and solitude because uh, they require a lot more out of you, right? They can't do a lot of things by themselves. Um, and they need you to be those extra pair of hands or uh, someone to make sure they're safe. And all of that takes energy. So if you don't fight that, there is more energy for you just in you not fighting the season that you're in, right? Just taking a deep breath and going, ah, I'm in the season of little kids right now. That, that And then just taking that truth in and appreciating that that's where you are, right? That that's one. Um, the second, I would say, would be like turning to God for help for the mundane things, like saying, oh, yeah, let, like, like, just let me get through the day. Um, help me see the joys. Help me see and appreciate. Like when I find it's so beautiful, right? Every time I make a dua to be shown something like I will literally ask for the witnessing I will say something like Allah show me the beauty of children today and I did that when a mom came over with her little kids and oh my gosh I got so much soul satisfaction and happiness and joy out of witnessing children and babies it's like I saw it on steroids because I asked for it I asked to do to see it and so instead of the day being chaotic which it just happens when you have lots of kids in the house it just ended up being like so many vignettes and beautiful frame after frame after frame because I felt like I was living like outside of my body as a witness to the beauty of kids at different ages and how they interact and all of it like just the the mischief making everything was beautiful for me that day because I actually asked for it I knew what my day was going to be like it was going to be you know enjoying this mom enjoying her kids and my kids and the interaction and all of it (laughs) the tears or whatever even happens when then everybody interacts that way and I got to witness all of it and so So number two is actually making a dua to help to see that season of life in a divine way uh, so that you can bring that devotion in and see beauty in all of it. Even when they, you know, fall over and graze their knee and it's quite bloody and messy and you have to, you know, get the gauze out or whatever and tape them up or whatever happens, you see beauty in the mess right? Um, And you see a house well lived in (laughs) because it's like maybe not as beautiful and curated as you would like to have it. Like maybe somebody's Instagram feed that you tend to be comparing your house to when you were a mom of really young kids, right? And say you are, yeah, looking after an aging parent, then 
that's an, another challenge in itself, but you can see a lot of beauty in that because your parents then become like children, right? The stubbornness <laughs> probably trumps a six-year-old stubbornness when you're asking them to do something and they're like into their, whatever they're playing with at the moment. And they don't want to be taken away to put a dish in the sink or to put a dish in the dishwasher because they're like, I'm doing this. Um, so, or they're stubborn in other ways because they want to hold on to their ways and they don't want to listen to you. <laughs> okay. Um, so whatever is going on, I feel like just giving in, asking for a specific dua and being present when you're making that, you get to see it with a lot more presence. And then you get to go through the thing and it's not as the like life in the 3D doesn't become as difficult. And then we also have, you know, the prophetic dua uh, when Prophet ﷺ had his daughter Fatima and his son-in-law and cousin um, Ali Raleigh and and they really wanted house help and he couldn't offer them the house help, but he said, you know, say this before you go to sleep. That is um, subhanAllah 33 times, alhamdulillah 33 times, Allahu Akbar 33 times. And um, the Sahabas, I was at a, uh, a speaker conference where Amr al-Shukri from Al-Maghrib came to Melbourne. And he said, you know, the Sahabas at the time, like they might not have had a lot of knowledge, all of them, but they did apply whatever they learned. Whereas nowadays we have a lot of knowledge and then we tend to not apply the little things that we do know how to do. So Ali Rallallahu and apparently was asked like, did he do that every night after Prophet taught him that? And apparently there was one like a bloody, um, like a massacre and a war that he was in. I can't exactly remember which one it was, but I think it must've been like a local battle of tribes or something. And it was very messy. And he still, even though it was quite an ordeal that night, he still said the, uh, the um, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, and Allahu Akbar 33 times each or Allahu Akbar 34 times before he went to bed. And apparently that even though you might go, oh, well, how's that going to help? How's that going to help me with anything? Doing these spiritual practices, it does build on itself. And then you find that there is a little bit more lift in your attitude, probably an energy to do the things that maybe once were hard for you, or maybe um, you get divine help or some sort of spiritual lift to keep doing the mundane things. And I find that we need to really um, allow our transformations to also come from the small things. So that will be strategy three um, because, or four, where are we up to? Because I find that like, yes, there's times for quantum leaps. I had quantum leaps in my business when I wanted to become a coach. And then I went from like zero to 40 K in four months. And that was like an admin job career, right? At the time. And I was floored by it. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like uh, this happened. And I was really thrilled about it. But then I've also seen a real deep satisfaction in really tiny, tiny micro changes um, that I make. Just like, oh, I find it easier to keep my kitchen clean because, you know, I learned that like get rid of the visible rubbish. Like usually there's like a wrapper or something someone leaves on the counter and then that adds to the other mess on the counter and you think it's all one. And now my brain can actually categorize, oh, that's just easy rubbish that can go in the bin. Now let me put things in the dishwasher. That's the next step. What else is left out here? Oh, I can, you know, hand wash a couple of dishes and my brain can categorize that. Like to me, 
even just the fact that I could see things in stages was a huge help to my brain because I tend to have a very creative brain. So I see everything as sometimes one big picture and it helps for me to have a process to break things down um, because I tend to, yeah, like I, I find that a lot of my work is in the intangible, right? I'm seeing energy patterns and things that people can't see. So I'm very comfortable in that realm so that when it comes to actually dealing with time or having to get somewhere on time, sometimes I feel I str- struggle with simple things because I think that I have all this time in the world to get my hijab on or put something on and leave the door. And I forget that, okay, actually I need to leave another 10 minute buffer because I hadn't thought about this or I hadn't left the water bottles at the front or whatever it is. And then I have to come back in the house to get something that I forgot, you know? So it's that sometimes I can be scatterbrained and like just mundane things, but I've just learned to be compassionate (laughs) for myself in that regard uh, because it's that same brain that allows me to be creative in other ways. Uh, So, yeah, I just wanted to leave you with that so that you know that a deep listening is the first step that comes first. So if you don't have someone that can deeply listen to you and reflect back to you, your strengths, uh, who listens for where your purpose is next, where you're being drawn to next and can reflect it back to you and then allow you to take practical action in the 3D, in the real world, aligned action to allow the experience in, then you might be ripe for this work. And right now it's a very simple 497 Australian. It's very affordable. I know that, you know, you can spend 497 on a lot of things. Um, A couple of tops at a hijab shop even will probably add up to a couple of hundred dollars. And it's just a question of, yeah, like what is, what is it that you're missing? And Will spending that money give you that deep sense of peace? I know that clients of mine have like dropped weight, emotional weight, um, brought miracles in, in terms of houses and dreams and desires and passion projects. Their creativity goes through the roof because we're no longer um, avoiding the issue. We're looking at it head on, but also we're looking at issues that you didn't even know were issues, right? Um, And that in itself, it doesn't mean that like everything is fixed in one go, but you have like this deep plan for how you're going to get there. And that in itself is like you tying your camel and doing things that you can do to change your situation without waiting for a miracle to drop out of the sky uh, for your situation to change. You start taking steps towards that. Uh, And for me, I know the quickest way has been to get myself into the energy of someone who can listen to me and who has proven to me that they are a good listener of who I am and can reflect that back to me. So I can take that in, I can read that in and then allow that to spur on my actions and give me inspiration for my next steps and direction. So um, I hope that this podcast kind of, uh, yeah, sparked something for you or inspired you in some way to look at your mundane and allow it to have some spark of divinity in it and that divine mystery and devotion to whatever it is that is your craft or whatever it is that you've committed to as this, um, yeah, priority in this season of life. And if you are unsure about your priorities or feeling a little lost or restless or disenchanted or like I'm going to burst out of my skin kind of feeling, 
uh, maybe that is a sign that now would be a good time for coaching. Um, and if that is you, I would love for you to be a client of mine in my one month intensive. Um, I have space for new clients for January. So if that is you and, and you're wanting to do something either this month or next month, uh, then yeah, send me a DM at Nadarazak on Instagram, or you could email me hi at nadarazak.com um, and get in my calendar to have a chat uh, to see if we're fit. So thank you so much for listening to the Your Truth is Calling podcast. This is your host, Nadara Razak, signing off. I will see you next week, inshallah. And if you um, like this podcast and you wanted to share it with a friend, I would deeply appreciate you doing that. Um, Yes, because every every download and every person who listens who gets to know themselves deeper as a result of listening, um, it helps all of us evolve and grow together. So thank you. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.